0: Jake, how you doing, buddy? Good.
1: How are you? Yeah, you know,
0: I'm doing I'm doing pretty all right. Pretty all right. You know?
1: That's pretty good for these times.
0: Meet the new boss same as the old boss, uh, being I am at home most of the time.
1: <laughs> can you can you do your job from home?
0: I I wish. Can can they, not really like
1: What if they just rims. set you up with like a, a drone with a camera on it?
0: There you go, dude. That would, boy, that would kind of work. I mean, it depends. I, like, I just, I just got done with the most recent season of uh, Westworld, and there is a uh. lot of, lot of drone shenanigans in that. Oh, really? That most recent season. Yeah, there's like a. So they have a uh, between. I'll tell you what. Uh, Westworld season three. I don't, I don't think we got a chance to really talk much about Westworld last week. And no, that, not much. You know that most that most recent season finished and it is, I, I am definitely on board for whatever season four is. I don't know if it's a good show anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, uh, maybe this is what we, we talked a little bit about. Cause I think we brought up lost. Like uh, yeah. I immediately started listening to a podcast and it gets a lot of comparisons to lost of um, it's, it's very much kind of a puzzle box, you know, secrets are to be revealed show. And that's still fun, and it's like one of the great things about it, but also maybe one of its biggest faults. In that, uh, you know, it's it's almost Shyamalan esque of when when the whole point of what you're doing is to have what a twist. You know, the story's going to eventually suffer for that because everything in your life can't be what a twist, right?
1: Yeah, I think there are shows out there that get addicted to having a twist at the end of episode or leaving a cliffhanger at the end of every episode. And then it's like, come on, just give us some answers. That was the thing about Lost. Like it got to a point. It was like, all right, could we answer something? Could somebody on the Island just say, Hey, you know, this one time I did this one thing and somebody else will go, I, I, I remember that happening to me. And then they put the puzzles together. Like, does anybody talk about anything besides the Island on that show? That's all they do I, is just talk. What it's talk about? Trees, the sand. I think what
0: it turned out with Lost is Lost was very Lost was kind of the proto puzzle box show. Of they went in there saying like, "Here's a bunch of weird. There's a smoke monster. There's a polar bear. There's, <laughs> everybody's got a secret. This guy was in a wheelchair, but he's not now." And that's what kept you going is what are the answer to these secrets? Well, turns out, that, turns out mm, there was a lot of that stuff that they just never really. And it, it it was that was the whole thing is that they they went into it going like wow we we've got a bunch of really cool mystery but not having any answers to it and they just some of that stuff they just never really figured out the answers
1: to it. They really just painted themselves into a mysterious corner.
0: <laughs> uh, and you know, and Westworld still has tons of mysteries, but it's boy, like the first two se- the first two seasons are in the park mm-hmm. in Westworld. Third season. Fully outside the park, and it is such a different show. Is it always
1: a- cowboy centric, or does it go into? No,
0: oh no, no. It is. It is one billion percent stop
1: being. So they leave Frontierland.
0: Oh yeah, the <laughs> at the end of season two. So season one is about. Uh, it mostly centers around this uh, this character, Dolores who is what they call a host, which is one of the ro- cowboy robots mm-hmm. and of her kind of becoming more self aware. And the, at the end of the first season, she more or less kind of breaks out of that and becomes like a revolutionary. And the second season is about her, you know, like causing chaos and escaping Westworld. And then the third season is about what the world is like outside of Westworld mm. and her trying to cause a revolution there. Like the, you know it's been do they anyway, have dinosaurs so, uh, okay Travis it's funny you should bring that up <laughs> one of the things that very much broke the show a little bit for me was so there's not just Westworld there are I think it was like five there are five parks there's Westworld uh, Warworld which is like a World War II world um, uh, I think it's Samurai World
1: oh, World War II world wow
0: yeah, like a samurai world. I, I can't remember if that's what it was called.
1: Are these people? Uh, see, that, how many... They want to go on and have these like life-threatening adventures. Is that what it is?
0: It's not. It's not life-threatening for the. It's up until the revolution in West It's not life-threatening for anybody. Uh, okay. And then they do have. They do have like a um, medieval world, and one of the things that they had was a scene of um, some of the chambers. So this was a dual thing of they made a, a Jurassic Park reference, but the way they made it was they, they said something like, hey, you know, the that that uh, island out in I forget where the location is supposed to be, where Jurassic Park is so like that island out there was wondering when we're going to ship these. And I'm like, well, we're <laughs> going to have to cut it up and ship it. And it's one of the dragons from Game of Thrones.
1: Nice. And I was like,
0: damn it, HBO. Stop it, HBO.
1: <laughs> Making their inside references. You yeah. Men- you mentioned. uh medieval world it, it just reminded me last night uh with my son brady uh, i watched cable guy i hadn't seen that for a long time oh man it was his first experience with cable guy and
0: have it, you ever have you ever been to medieval times
1: no i i want i almost did once i was i was in california like i don't know 10 12 years ago and i almost did that it movie. but
0: it does somewhat of a disservice to medieval times because really? <laughs> uh, medieval times is there's way more pageantry than that. Um, when I was I think high school, maybe a little after high school, I think it was high school. We did a family trip to California and we stopped in Vegas and went to medieval times. And the thing that I will always remember from that was uh, cause they do, they do uh, the nights have, you know, per, much like American Gladiators, they all have kayfabe personalities. And, uh, <laughs> this knight is we named were, Nitro. I think we were in the winning knight that night. Blaze. In his section, and I think it was the blue knight. And the, the asshole knight was the green knight. He was the, the nitro, if we're going to go with, <laughs> like, season one uh, American Gladiators parlance. He was the cocky jerk knight. Mm. And I remember... Um, they were riding around. They had. They gave them flowers that they would toss out to their section to women, <laughs> and we were in the front row. And Green Knight comes <laughs> over to us and extends a hand with a rose to my sister, and goes in the spirit of good sportsmanship. And my sister goes to to uh, grab the flower, and he yanks it away. ha Rides ha, 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 oh. away, and like, we're we're, like, we're calling for you, Green Green. <laughs>
1: He was the original uh, was, bachelor. Oh, it was awesome! It huh. was
0: super awesome. It was, like, that's one of those really touristy. Like the uh, the food. The food's not great. Is it Cornish game hen? I think so. <laughs> I think it was like whole chicken legs and things like that. It was just, mm-hmm. it, you, you know, you're just there for a good time, right? I uh, I would assume. I've awesome- never been there. It's that like uh, if you go to Japan, I've heard of this place called the Robot Restaurant. That's you know same thing like food's not great, but they put on this super like uh, almost like Starlight Express esque.
1: So it's people parade. dressed as robots.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, my. Uh, it's heart beeps. Um, well, One of my. One of my. Yeah. It's 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 a, it's a <laughs> well. It's sort of like like one of my friends actually went. I had heard about it before, and uh, he went to Japan and went, and it's like. It's like there are two sides that have uh, sort of like a stadium, like like four or five rows of seating with your tables, and then there's just a big walkway in the middle that's just this constant line of parade show of like people with lighted costuming and like big floats that fight each other and things like that, and it just Hmm. you know good times like it. Good times. Do you eat robot birds there? You know, I <laughs> ha- having not been there, I don't know. One can only assume that, you know, fresh Cornish robot hen is on the menu.
1: Mm, that would be good.
0: But yeah, like
1: Westworld is egg. very
0: much. Th- there was a uh, a moment in Westworld uh, going back to that where uh, they're sort of opposing, you know, host of Dolores and May may played by Tandy Newton, who is, you know. Uh, a fave of mine. They're both on kind of opposing sides of this revolution and they have a fight where those two are having like a samurai sword fight, but at the same time, each of them has a drone that's circling like uh, the Dolores has a drone that has a, uh, a sniper rifle set up on a hill that if she's out for long enough, the sniper rifle tagger. And then Maeve has a, a big like uh, like Terminator two esque drone that's flying around with a kind of a minigun on it. And they're, they're, they're fighting like in remnants of like kind of an old shed to keep them covered from the cameras on the, you know, trying to knock each other out within range that the uh, drone cameras can see them. So, you know, I mean, there are a lot of really great set pieces in it, but story-wise it's gotten a little on the convoluted side and I think next season will tell the, you know, that, that'll probably, I think next season will be a big thing of, you know, Can they keep things going, or is it just kind of like you know that's that's enough of BS? Like, (laughs) we'll see. Yeah, we'll We'll see. see. I'm still I'm still into it, but but not.
1: It's waning, is what you're saying.
0: Yes, on the Mm wane.
1: So, uh, Kate, I I mentioned Cable Guy. Uh, Yeah. So my son was actually kind of excited to see it because he had heard. You know, it's always it's a divisive movie. People either hate it or they love it. So he wanted to see what it was about, and he actually liked it. I I, re, I remember I was kind of on the fence about it before, but I liked it. re-watching it, you know, as an adult, I, I think we all just were so used to seeing wacky Jim Carrey doing, you know, wacky it- talking out of your butt type stuff, and it's it's just a little more of a an adult type theme where it's actually about mental illness and stuff like that. I mean, there's lots of wacky moments in it and they play wacky music behind him being basically super insane. But I was surprised. I couldn't remember all the people that were in that. There's Andy Dix in it. uh,
0: Is it Ben Stiller that's in it? Ben Stiller is is in it.
1: Jack Black is in it. Uh, um, What's what's the actress's name? Uh, Leslie Mann is in it. And she's... uh, in a lot of Judd Apatow movies, she's married to Judd Apatow, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a really good cast of people that went on to do. I think uh, Bob Odenkirk and uh, David Cross are both in it. They have small roles, but they're in there. It was pretty nice. pretty crazy, but I th- I don't remember. I didn't remember what the ending was like. Uh, do you remember the oh, ending?
0: I, it's in a it's in a giant satellite dish.
1: Yeah, I, I remembered that, but I couldn't da, remember da, da, what da, exactly happened. Well, that that actually the, takes the, place at medieval times. That song. Does it? Yeah. Okay. So he ends up f- jumping off of the edge of the satellite to the center yeah, and falls down to him and shuts all of everybody's TVs down because he says, "I have to kill the babysitter." And then jumps, but then he
0: lives. Yeah, then he lives, and I remember like
1: Ben Stiller is
0: because
1: Ben Stiller ben, is a childhood actor who had a twin brother. They were in a, a fictional TV show. He ends up murdering his his twin brother, and so he's on tra- trial, and everybody is tuning into this trial, oh, you know, no, to, other, to see what um, happened. Matthew,
0: Matthew Broderick's the guy who's who's opposite him, isn't it? Yeah,
1: Matthew Broderick is uh, is the lead.
0: Okay, yeah, no, it's because yeah, at the end of it, uh, Matthew Broderick kind of it's weird. Like he comes around to feeling like he was kind of being a jerk to him, and I remember he's in the stretcher and he. Um, he tries to have a connecting moment with him and I think it's <laughs> is it I love Lucy that he references at the Yeah, think? he
1: says his name's R- Ricky he's... Ricardo. Yeah. And does yeah, a Ricky yeah. Ricardo impression. Anyway, I thought he should have I, I think he should have died. Like the end of the movie should have been that thud and then TV's going out and that should have been the end of the movie. I, mm, that sure. would have been a better ending than he lives and then he does a Ricky Ricardo impression at the end. I was like, okay. well, that, that was kind of lame. <laughs>
0: I kind of liked the I, I kind of liked that at the end just because it it references just how far gone he is as far as being mentally ill. Oh yeah, he's definitely mentally ill. <laughs> like it, it just it, y- you know, because in a in a, a more normal movie of that type, like there there would be that connection at the end of like oh you know like you're not so bad and you know maybe mm-hmm. we are really friends and and it no it's just like no this guy is. This guy's gone. They're like His his whole life is just you know, personas through television.
1: I've actually thought it was a little ahead of its time going back and watching it. So if you're out there, give Cable Guy a, a watch, a rewatch, because it, yeah, it, it, it is gets, pretty entertaining.
0: It gets brought up as kind of an underrated gem.
1: And I'm a guy that's kind of over Jim Carrey, to be honest with you, but I enjoyed it. So eh, give it I a think watch. That's
0: why, I think that's why I had a hard time with Cable Guy is the... The sort of fire marshal, Bill um, Ace Ventura, rubber. And I believe. <laughs> I believe Bill Allred had always referred to him as rubber faced fart Smith. Jim Carrey. Yeah. I never. I never cared for that.
1: I, I mean, when I was younger, I thought it was funny, and then I kind of yeah. got. I got older, and it was like, all right, <laughs> I, I've seen this. Um, I,
0: I liked the mask. I, see, the mask worked for me because because
1: it's cartoony. I,
0: yeah, yeah. The the whole mask persona makes uh, makes a point for that. It's like right. uh, you know, it's like it's like watching. um I've told you, it, it's like watching a Jane Silent Bob movie. It's like watching a Polly Shore movie. Of everyone else in this movie is normal, so it's weird that they're treating this guy like they're treating this guy like. Wow, look at this! Look at this quirky guy. He's fun. Like no, like, he's. I would have such a hard time being around someone who acts like that.
1: It's funny you bring that up. Cause I was just watching this YouTube video last night about Gene Wilder and it was yeah. breaking down his acting style and he would have these moments where he would really freak out in movies mm-hmm. and, and yes. they're legendary moments when he would freak out. But mostly like the thing that like drew us to him is the dialogue could be like just crazy. Like, young Frankenstein, the dialogue is is bananas but he's mm-hmm. very calm and very normal in the way even willy wonka the way he talks about things yes. talks about insane things but he's doing it in a very matter of fact kind of every man sort of way and that's where the humor's at he gene wilder didn't have to bend over and move his butt cheeks around <laughs> while he talked yeah, he, to get a laugh
0: he picks his he picks his shots like i mean willy wonka in the chocolate factory is it is a very important movie to me. Just, just, you know, watching it a lot as a kid, but you really, you know, if you watch that, he really picks his shots for when he loses it of, you know, the, at the end, a, you know, you, you, get nothing, you lose good day, sir. Right. Um, you know, him losing it there is really poignant. Or what I think is a great moment is the, uh, the riverboat thing of the slow tension building of him <laughs> right. just saying this rhyme and then screaming at the end of it. Like, there's, there's a good reason why a lot of people say that that part in a movie was one of those kind of like childhood really scared the hell out of I me. Mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, it is terrifying. He's a big part of the way that he builds that moment.
1: Even just his laissez-faire attitude of, no, don't, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> stop. He's, he knows the kid's about to get sucked through a tube and secretly he's enjoying it.
0: <laughs> yeah, boy. He, really great, really great performance in that movie. Uh, R.I.P., anything Willy Wonka related post that. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
1: I started, I watched episodes well, I, four and I'm five. Sorry, I, huh?
0: I'm sorry. I want to, I want to break you on that. I'm sorry. I just want to, like I want to take a moment with that. Every time I think about that, that Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka movie. Oh
1: like, yeah. That movie bad.
0: has its fans and I can't, I cannot figure out, I can't figure out being behind that movie or that performance specifically. Cause at, you know, and I'd read the book a ton when I was young, and you know, in love with the Gene Wilder one. Like, just Johnny Depp's performance doesn't make it's so devoid of charm. Yeah, it's I, like an, it's antagonistic. It, he's like challenging you. He, like, like no, dislike me, dislike me. <laughs> I want you to dislike me. It just and when I hear people talk about like they would they like that performance, like what, like
1: how how. He made a name you, for himself being the quirky character, and then it was like you don't have to be quirky in everything you do, Johnny Depp.
0: It, I mean, as Willy Wonka, you got to be. It, it's it, him being cast in that role seemed like a slam dunk, but in that performance, it's it's creepy. It feels like it was very Michael stage, Jacksony. Michael Jackson. yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're on the same page with that. Yeah,
1: it was. It was kind of child molestery.
0: It, it, it's.
1: The special and, and effects, that, I'm sure, don't stand up. I've seen that one time. I saw it in theaters. I haven't I, seen know, it since.
0: I will all say, all the Oompa Loompas being one guy was not. Yeah, that not was great.
1: That was stupid. Uh,
0: no, nothing, n- nothing against that that gentleman. His performance was fine, but just that choice of having them be all him, and then the songs didn't really stick. They weren't. The songs weren't catchy for
1: me. I, I will say the little kid that played Charlie Bucket, and now now he's on TV. He's on The Good Doctor. I don't remember what his yeah. name is, but man, he was he stole the movie for me. Like he was a great little kid actor, and I wasn't shocked when he actually went on to do.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: You know, I think continue working. Said
0: that uh, the Charlie Bucket from the Gene Wilder one, not not really lighting anything on fire. Yeah, he Fine, was kind. Of,
1: yes. He's kind of the the part of the movie where you're like, all right, if I could change one thing here. <laughs> Yeah, you were kind of rooting for uh, Slugworth to get a hold of him, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry to break you off there. Just like I, I had a very visceral reaction to thinking of it. Like <laughs> I started thinking about that Johnny Depp performance, and it was just like this visceral reaction. Especially when I think of, like I said, when I think about, I've heard people say, like, yeah, I really, I really thought Johnny Depp nailed it. I'm like, what? Who
1: <laughs> nailed are what? You? What did you Who want him to nail? You? Yeah. That's a weird choice to to prefer that uh, nailed one. Nailed
0: a bad performance to the wall? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm i very sorry I broke that off on you. You're talking about uh, watching,
1: uh, uh, watching I wa- the trilogy, did you say? No, no, no. I watched episodes four and five of The Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance. I've, I've oh, kinda, okay. I strayed away a little. It's a lot to take on. but It is,
0: man, like walking away from that for a while, I would think it would be hard to get back. Not really. A lot happens in that.
1: Yeah. Well, particularly these two episodes, that's where kind of everybody starts to, you know, come together and they're kind of forming their little Gelfling team. Yeah. The Gelfling Avengers, so to speak. I
0: was going to say the Gelfling Gelfling Expendables.
1: (laughs) But they're all starting to come together. But man, the things they do in that are so impressive. I mean, there's a rock creature in there that's really cool. And just the way that they, like the way the rock creature speaks. Do you remember that? Uh, He puts his finger on his arm and the arm moves uh, and it it projects a voice like a record player. Like, where do you, where do you come up with that to put that in there? It's just such a nice little touch. I mean, the character could have just spoken, but just to have the record player play back a recording is just a really cool choice. And then uh, you're starting to see the, 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 uh, the really bad Skeksy, the one that can actually move (laughs) that doesn't move like, (laughs) like an elderly uh, Southern woman at a, at a, (laughs) at a Chantilly festival or whatever they're called.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They have the, uh, the assassin.
1: Yeah. He's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That dude, that show way cool. I would be real curious where productions add on that.
1: Are they doing a season two of it?
0: Uh, Oh, um, oh, Travis! If that spoils know, if the things, end, things end. So I'm be, <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, it, it looks I, I, there's nothing to spoil there, except for yeah, it looks like they'll probably have another season.
1: I mean, we ultimately know how it's going to end up because yeah. you know it goes into the movie and there's only two Gelflings left. Spoiler alert! If you didn't see that movie, that's forty years old, but <laughs> so it's kind of yeah, sad they... to know all these characters you're kind of getting involved with you know, they're pretty much going to die eventually, (laughs) but it's pretty cool thing to to watch. Like it's, it's very impressive. And I mean, it's kind of a bummer that like, uh, you know, they had to sell the Muppets to Disney and they're not really doing much with them right now. Although they are going to do that Disney plus series now, I guess that's back in production. And then it was kind of, it's kind of a bummer that Sesame street is now behind a paywall with HBO you know, I always felt like uh, Sesame Street should be for, for everybody on PBS. Yeah,
0: I'd, I'd certainly agree with that.
1: But the benefit of those two cells are, you know, they're able to do stuff like the what they're doing with the, the Dark Crystal. I mean, it's, it's amazing what they've done there. Yeah, they, it
0: is super great.
1: I hope they get some. I don't know. Was it last year? So the Emmys probably already happened. I don't know. I mean they deserve some credit yeah, for what they've done there.
0: I don't really keep up with that stuff.
1: I don't either, yeah, but I mean credit hard, where credits like, due. They have worked their butts off and it's fantastic. I mean it's it's one of the better things that I can think of that I've seen in a while.
0: Yeah, it, it's Just, it's it, super impressive. They put in the work. They you know, they've worked toward making it, you know, a high quality thing cuz they they do have the the blend of CGI stuff in it. That, but it doesn't look you know, like inst-
1: cgi it looks it blends in so well like the word you just used it really just is seamless a lot of like I've, go back and watch the old star wars uh the prequels and it looks super cgi like you can tell they're oh, on a yeah, green oh, yeah. screen it's it's kind of it takes you out of it but yeah the stuff they did with this unless you're really well, looking if you sat there and you're an expert you could probably tell. Well, that's you know that's practical. That's CGI. But man, I'm just watching it and enjoying it. It's it's just impressive. So, good job, Jim Henson Corporation well, or whatever you're called.
0: They do things like that. Uh, if you if you look on on uh, Netflix, there is a documentary on the production of it, and they they have a short uh, sort of test case video of them just doing an all CGI. hmm version of it and it just it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, it wouldn't and have been the, the, the right call. They made the right call of saying like no, we're just going to like the the thing that always seemed to stand out to me is the um the Skeksis, uh tongues flapping away. That, like, <laughs> I don't think you could I don't think you could really do that with a uh with a puppet and make it, you know, just make it seem natural that right. way, but like so It'd be like one of those little thing.
1: birthday party tricks. Maybe maybe the puppeteer's behind there blowing into it so it unravels.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like super impressive. I I got to imagine it's pretty expensive and oh, very yeah. time-consuming. So that's one that ought to probably be on the back burner for a while. So
1: I'm digging it, uh, though. It, just the expression that they get in their faces on a puppet. And the fact yeah. that they can make those puppets look different—the performance—they don't all look the same. They, you can actually tell, you know, there's there's differences between them. And yeah, just the performances that they've gotten out of them, because they don't—they do have limited facial features and stuff like that. But you well, can tell the, when they're upset or when they're excited or when they're scared. You can actually tell just on the, on the puppet's wings. face
0: on the gelflings that some of the cgi is just a little bit of work to make the expressions pop
1: but it's it blends in just right so yeah it's very effective yeah they did a great job so i'm looking forward to the last five i'm halfway through the series how are you feeling about the grossness factor of the skeksis yeah they're pretty disgusting yeah, all the oozing feeling, pustules how, and things
0: yeah i was gonna say how are you feeling about pus face I, uh, I was never really enthusiastic when pus face was part of the story
1: yeah i could have done without it but at the same time it's not gonna like i'm not gonna not watch it because of it <laughs> but it yeah. is pretty grody <laughs> to see you know these little handkerchiefs just streaming snot across the screen uh,
0: yeah i would say <laughs> it, it benefits from uh, and it's weird to say with that of uh, as as sort of expl- as, as gross as it is, it feels like there's some restraint in that they're just not constantly leaning on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
1: it's yeah. there for, for comic slash gross out effect.
0: Super great show and you're pretty close to uh, you're pretty close. You think you might have it on the, the finish by next week?
1: Uh, I doubt it. I mean, it's taken yeah. me this long just to get five episodes in. I'll probably watch another one this week, though.
0: Yeah, bit of a bit of a slow starter you know i wasn't fully on board right away but it gets you know it gets easier to watch episode by episode
1: yeah now that all of the characters kind of know each other and they had their uh spiritual meeting with Ogra, so they're all aware of what's going on and now it's oh boy, the they
0: did a they did a lot of character building with Ogra.
1: yeah Ogra does some wacky dance <laughs> she's doing some <laughs> chanting <laughs>
0: Yeah, just the the whole the the whole conceit of uh, the Skeksis basically got her way high and mm-hmm. put on the the best blacklight in the universe for her. <laughs> and that's how they got all their business done.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's pretty cool to see how they reversed engineered the backstories for these because we didn't know in the the original movies you just thought Ogre was a like a weird you know all all knowing lady. You didn't know that she was like. The mother of the planet, or whatever she is now.
0: Oh yeah, that well, uh, yeah, that is maybe the biggest thing about it is, you know, I think there are some pretty easy plot lines you could maybe noodle out in your in your head of like, where's this show going to go? Like, they're doing a prequel to the Dark Crystal. Like, where's this show going to go? It's going to show the the rise of the Skeksis and you know how they slaughtered them all. And really, it's it's more of a hey, they've already been doing, you know, they've already been doing doing some dirt. But no, beyond that, like there's, there are very, and and it would be easy to just have the Gelflings be just kind of what they were in the movie, but like more of them. And no, it's like, it's very multicultural and really impressive.
1: Yeah. I actually like the, the part where they're kind of racist to each other because it it makes it seem yeah. more realistic. If they were all just happy people playing flutes in the forest, yeah, I mean, that'd get racist. kind of boring.
0: Yeah. Hate to see it, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's real. It's realistic. I mean, that's, we're all star belly snitches. You yeah, know what I mean? Go. We there got, go. we got, we had some old chickens and my wife went and got some new chickens and there's like the chicken, chickens racist. Yeah. They're, they're like chicken gangs back there. Like the, wow. the, the old ones are, they're, they're like a black chicken and these new ones are kind of orange. They almost look like, uh, uh, uh Barkley from uh Sesame Street, remember that dog? They're kinda oh, like yes. white with oh, orange. Yes. They look like a a creamsicle. And yeah, oh, they're man. they're That's having a hard Barkley time Frange, getting to know each other. Back. The original chickens don't want to anything to do with the new chickens. So
0: So I know I know how to fix this problem for you, Travis. Okay,
1: let's let's hear it. What
0: you need to do, round all the chickens up, get yourself a uh get yourself a nice white sheet, white bed sheet. You you know, clean it if you have to. <laughs> okay. Um Get yourself a projector <laughs> set up in the backyard on the fence. Get the chickens together. Uh, get yourself a DVD copy of the movie Crash.
1: Oh, I thought for yeah, sure it was going to be Chicken out. Run. Chicken Run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did, chi- did Chicken Run have any sort of... I don't know. I don't think you need to indoctrinate your chickens with a uh, Mel Gibson performance.
1: Well, I mean, all they're his- constantly trying to escape.
0: <laughs> all of his performances, All of his performances. you absorb the, me- the Mel Gibson-ness through it. <laughs>
1: it is That's weird to go I- back and watch uh, Mel Gibson stuff because up until that point, he was pretty well respected. And, you know, people were like, yeah, Mel Gibson, he seems like a good guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like there was always, I'd always kind of heard an undercurrent of, he was, you know, a bit not like, not like dangerous turd kind of thing. Not like, <laughs> you know, the sugar tits kind of thing. Just that. He just was kind of, just kind of a jerk. Hmm you know and well now we know i I feel like you go back and watch a lot of mel gibson performances and the the one i always point to is braveheart like to me braveheart is the absolute worst movie based on something historical because really for me whenever i watch braveheart i'm like mel gibson just said hey what if mel gibson existed in you know (laughs) what if mel gibson existed when you know william wallace was there and instead of william wallace it was just mel gibson
1: what about patriot
0: the Patriot is what if Mel Gibson existed yeah. as William Wallace in revolutionary times.
1: It's basically a revolutionary Braveheart. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> but You're my I, child.
1: Even some of like... Heath Ledger was I, in there. I, <laughs> Give me back my son! <laughs> <laughs> different one, different one. <laughs> what, that was what, Ransom? <laughs> Ooh, Gary yeah, Sinise answer. was the bad guy in that one.
0: Oh yeah, you, you, when you when you said that, the thing about the sun that just triggered like I, I can't not say, "Get me back, my son."
1: <laughs> oh, dude. Oh. You watched they, anything else two,
0: lately? Two of the two of the greatest quotes in commercials ever was Come back, my son," and "Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell."
1: I don't even remember that one.
0: That was I don't remember. That was a. Uh, that was a Samuel L. Jackson, but now I can't remember which movie it was from.
1: I always like, but, uh, there's a couple Denzel lines. I wish you had more time. Yeah. Yep. And then also, King Kong ain't got nothing ain't, on me. Ain't got me. nothing on me, yeah. <laughs> Boy, he
0: did he win an Academy Award for that? I think so.
1: It seems like he for did. Training Day? Yeah, it seems like he did.
0: Man, do, do you remember much of Training Day at this I've
1: point? never seen it.
0: No, it's... I d- I think I, I I remember enjoying that movie, but it also considering, you know, uh, Denzel Washington's career, it blows my mind that that's the one he got an Oscar for. Well, hmm. has,
1: has he got? It seems like he was at least nominated for Malcolm X. If
0: I'm he trying, didn't win, I, I don't it. know. What is uh? I, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, I um, I have completed um, Legion. I had remembered, oh, hey, Legion had a third season. I wonder if that's up on Hulu now, and turns out it was. Oh, it is? Okay. I busted through that in a couple of days, and man, Legion is... um, Have you ever watched any of that, Travis? I never did get
1: into that. Yeah, I've been meaning to, uh, but I I haven't started it yet.
0: It is ultra weird in a way that never feels outright. Uh, it doesn't ever feel like it's trying too hard to be weird, but it is definitely just soup to nuts. It is constantly being weird.
1: It's edgy Um, X-Men, right?
0: (laughs) Kind. Well, I mean, it, it deals with, uh, the son of Charles Xavier, which they only really kind of mid to back half of the third season. Uh, you start dealing with Charles Xavier, which it, in this, like it makes me want to go and read the comics, but I also don't know because from, from all the Marvel that I've read and I've read a a decent amount of Marvel. I've never, I've never uh, seen this character referenced. Hmm. So I'd always wondered if it was, maybe it was kind of a, you know, this is outside of Canon story or, you know, what's going on with it. Who's, who's Uh, the mother?
1: Uh, i don't know what the mother's name was it's not that moira Um, lady
0: it's not moira i i can't quite remember her name right now uh i'm gonna look a little bit here on the cast and see if i can pick her out but uh you know lots of really great people in it you know jermaine clement's in it and he's throughout uh um (laughs) uh what's her name jane something god i'm oh oh the the, the best in all, but I think my favorite is uh, Aubrey Plaza. Her performance or her character arc is so. She is so damn good in it because.
1: I like her a most, lot.
0: Most Aubrey Plaza per- performances you get is like a real. You know, you're thinking of. Snarky. The office she was in, right? Yeah.
1: Was it the office that she was no, in? No, Parks and Rec.
0: Or was it Parks and Rec? Yeah. Okay. Like, that's kind of like what you think of when you think of an Aubrey Plaza performance is really kind of detached and subtle. And she's still she's still kind of an aloof and sarcastic character, but she's just, just so, just so nailing it. And like, uh, Jermaine Clements in one of the weird, uh, weird characters in it. Like, uh, Jean smarts in it and she's really freaking good.
1: Jean smart but is also in, uh, the watchman, right? She's in Watchmen. Yeah. She's also in Fargo
0: season two. And, uh, she is amazing. She, wow. What it, a, what a second
1: stage to a career, right?
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, cause for a, and who knows maybe she's just been maybe she's been sitting working and just not necessarily been on my radar but uh wasn't like her comeback
1: watching, uh 24 because she yeah, was I never on watch 24 well i think she was on it i, I just remember I'll people raving her. about her on 24 I'll look at her real quick yeah I think that's what kind uh, of got her, known for. Yeah, because before known for it was, for. it was like designing women and you're like, okay, she's a comedic actress, but now I she's, think she's in some heavy stuff. I think heavy she's stuff. a steady
0: worker because I'm looking no, at known for and I'm seeing Garden State, I Heart Huckabees and The Accountant. So I'll bet she's just, I bet she's worked steadily and she's either A, been in stuff that I just wasn't necessarily watching or <laughs> B, you know, she was in stuff and she was good, but just didn't, you know, didn't register that I was did, seeing it. But like,
1: did um, you see The Accountant?
0: No, I've never seen the account. It
1: is a very interesting movie. It's, he's basically, it's Ben Affleck, he's autistic, and it's kind of, it's almost like um, Dexter, like he's got this darkness inside of him and somebody figured out how to focus it, so he kind of uses it for good, (laughs) but he kills a lot of people in it. It's a fun movie. Yeah,
0: I think I've, I think I've heard people basically say about it, um, like it's maybe not necessarily a good movie, but it is an interesting movie.
1: Yeah, it's ve- it's definitely interesting.
0: So the character that is is uh, his mom. The character's name's Eloise.
1: Eloise. The,
0: the Charles Xavier in it. What a is, choice of a name! <laughs> I don't know if they ever actually say the name Xavier in it. I know you know he's known as Charles, and he's he's a telepath.
1: Is he in a wheelchair? It,
0: no. No, this oh, is not? this is very much this is very much his pre-X-Men stuff. This is
1: So he has uh, an adult son, but it's before the X-Men?
0: Travis, I'm going <laughs> to let you in on a little secret. There's a lot of time travel in the last season.
1: Oh, uh, okay. All right.
0: So like you see Charles, you see Charles kind of you, you see a version of him like his uh, very early backstory. Uh, kind of learning to be a telepath. Uh, he does build a, what seems to be an early version of Cerebro. Ah, so this is and back when he
1: was dating Magneto. N-
0: no Magneto.
1: No, no Magneto? Magneto.
0: Like this is pre-Magneto. This how is how dare you? I don't even know if the term mutant is used in the show. Wow. Um, like he,
1: yeah. But
0: uh,
1: is this on like, Fox really, or FX? Uh,
0: it's on Hulu. But, but at least, uh, I think it was on FX. Okay, but I've been watching it on Hulu, but just like really, really, it, it just oozes style. Like so much, so much weird stylistic choices. There's a lot of musical numbers in it. What? Um,
1: wow, I didn't see that coming.
0: There are characters that by the end of the show become robots. Uh, that that was one of the hard things because I hadn't watched any of it for a while. I hadn't watched any of it for a year or two.
1: You know, and, I always um, thought, you know what, you know what, Wolverine needs is especially since Hugh Jackman was playing him musical numbers. Sure. That some song and dance.
0: That's one of the all time great things about comics in general. And one of the things that I started to get a little resentful of with the, the Disney's MCU was one of the great things about comics is you can have a Wolverine comic that they said like, well, what if Wolverine was really way into like show tunes (laughs) and try and find a way to explore that. Like, what? Look uh, man, we're not going to make it a part of civil war. It's not really an event. It's not even really in the timeline. But what if we did that? I mean,
1: you say what you if. Think... They've got that series coming out. What if? I yeah, think we just wrote an episode.
0: The movie Logan, the movie Logan comes from what was initially a non-canon story of Old Man Logan. Old
1: Man Logan, yeah.
0: Yeah, and who ended up getting pulled over into the 616 universe. I don't know what they've done with him at this point. <laughs> Is but...
1: the Hulk in that? Old timey Hulk. In, in oh, Old Man yeah. Logan,
0: yeah, that's, yeah, I, that's I seem to remember weird that weird, and it's weird and gross. Oh, okay. In that,
1: I just I remember get, hearing that he was in there.
0: Yeah, Hulk, Bruce Banner went. Bruce Banner took a dark turn in Old
1: Man Logan. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is kind of a dark turn. The Old Man Logan oh, yeah, stuff. Like, the
0: the whole premise behind Old Man Logan is that uh, Mysterio. There was a night where all the villains got together and basically took everyone. out. You mean out.
1: Jake Gyllenhaal?
0: Yes, Jake Gyllenhaal. The way that they the way they took out the X Men was Jake Gyllenhaal uh, tricked Logan into uh, thinking that ev- everyone in the X Mansion was enemies, and he he basically Jake Gyllenhaal gave him a vision that they had killed everyone, and he went nuts and took out all what he thought were enemies, and then woke up from this haze, and it was he killed all the X. Oh,
1: can you imagine?
0: <laughs> and old man Logan picks up as like, he's just been living the, and as kind of a cruel joke, the, the, after he did that, like the villains just let him be and just said, you know what? You're broken through <laughs> you. You're broken. Yeah. Wow. And it's sort of picking up a story of how he becomes unbroken. It's, it's a pretty, as it, those things go, I mean, it was good enough. They, they kind of repurposed it to make a movie out of it.
1: Right. So.
0: Well, maybe, maybe I'll
1: give uh Legion a shot. It, it sounds nothing good. Nothing
0: else. If nothing else, I'll tell you that there's tons and tons of pageantry and spectacle. And I, I think there are a lot of great performances in it. And as endings for a show like that go, I think it wrapped up pretty well, you know.
1: Well, that's good. So, I'm, so it's uh, completely done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Third season's done. All
1: Thumso. right. Are they are that's, they long seasons?
0: Uh, I think eight episode seasons. Eight oh, episodes, that's, that's like nothing. hour, 45 minutes to hour long
1: uh, episodes. Oh, that sounds good actually.
0: Hey, I, give it a run. I just, like I said, it's a. I I wish I could think of something really to, I mean you, you, I don't think you watched any of Watchmen did you?
1: No, I don't have anything HBO yet. I am planning yeah, on Watchmen's getting... Watchmen's
0: not as bananas and, and it's, you know, and Legion's kind of silly it, you know it, I, just, I just dig all over it and uh, it's got a lot of people I like in it uh, Noah Hawley it was created by Noah Hawley, which I, I trying to remember what Noah Hawley's big thing was. I, I,
1: I should the name rec- I recognize the name from something.
0: I'm gonna pop it real quick. I I thought I know who it was, but I'm gonna I'm going to not say it in case I'm wrong. I'm gonna look up the, the True to Life on here.
1: I am planning on getting the uh, HBO Max, and then maybe I'll oh, yeah. catch up on some of this. Yeah, stuff. right.
0: He did, He. Uh, I was gonna say Fargo. Yeah, he's. He's been. He's done a lot of work on Far, the Fargo TV series, which is super great.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen any of that. What is Fargo on FX as well?
0: I think Fargo was FX, yeah, but I don't oh. know. If, I don't know what its streamability is like. I think how I saw that is a friend of mine, a friend of mine had purchased seasons of it that I watched through him. Hmm.
1: But, uh, all right.
0: Yeah. Hey, great TV all around. I don't. I'm not sure what I'm going to land on next. Something. <sighs> There's a lot of stuff that I would really love to watch, but boy, it is it is hard. Like uh I watched a bunch of uh Mr. Robot and I really like it, but there's like four seasons of it and I think those are 10 episode seasons. It's just like god.
1: There is too know? much out there to watch. That's why I, no. I I tend to choose things that just are going to entertain me and not I don't really need to be sucked in by something right now. I just want I simple. Like I've been watching a lot of cartoons, like adult cartoons. I've been. I restarted Futurama and King of the Have you been Hill. Watching anime? <laughs> no, not anime. yet. I started Rick and Morty, started BoJack Horseman, and then I'm, you know, I'm pretty deep into Bob's Burgers. That's honestly, I really, I really like that one the best. Besides, besides The Simpsons, of course. I'm, I want to restart watching or start rewatching The Simpsons too, but I'm kind of waiting for them to fix the aspect ratio on Disney Plus before yeah. I do it because yeah, H.
0: John H. John Benjamin has one of
1: the best voices for anything. Right. See, that's another one I I kind of need to watch is Archer, but I I haven't gotten into that one. I just enjoy Bob's Burgers because it's it's kind of happy ending. It's more lighthearted. Some of <clears> these <throat> other ones like Rick and Morty and BoJack. I mean, they're they're pretty mean spirited. And if you're not in the mood to deal with that, then I you know just don't watch it. But Bob's Burgers, it's pretty no, simple. We-
0: we before we recorded. We were talking a little bit. Like I, I really like Bojack Horseman. I have to. I can only watch it kind of in, in fits and spurts because it is a very, um, it's a very downer show. But it's, it, it's a show that is a an absolute downer. That is, um, it's just such a good portrayal of. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying anything most people don't already know, but it's a it's a really great portrayal of depression, like realistic kind of, you know, a realistic uh, depression and someone who cannot just cannot stop doing self-destructive things. Right. No matter how good things get for them, or how much self exploration, like they just eventually are going to go back to screwing themselves over. That's that's kind of why I'm like that.
1: I just have a hard time like really, really digging into a show. I just, I want to watch an episode here and there and they just pop in and out.
0: It's good to have these. So, so on these shows, what are, what are early impressions that you're having? So just, you know, we talked about a bunch, like your early impressions of BoJack. Where, how did it leave you feeling?
1: Honestly, like I said, it's, it's kind of mean spirited and it's depressing. So I don't know. Everybody keeps saying that it's good. I'm going to, I'm going to dig in a little more. Uh, Rick and Morty is just super out there.
0: You're you don't care much for something kind of depressing, you. I don't know that BoJack's going to be a good fit for you.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I probably won't go all the way through with it. Futurama's fun to go back and, and rewatch. You know, just because I was I was always kind of hit and miss as far as watching Futurama. Anyway, I I don't think I've seen maybe twenty episodes total. It's something I always liked, and I always liked the references and stuff like that. But it was just it was one of those shows that seems like they moved around a lot. So it was kind of hard to find a lot of the time.
0: So Jurassic Park is a banger.
1: One of the <laughs> yeah.
0: greatest episodes of TV known to man. Uh-huh. But, but it, it's um, fun to
1: go back and watch. Uh, I was talking to you about this earlier. Uh, you've you've seen at least some of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt show, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I saw at least two, maybe three seasons of it.
1: So they just recently came out with a uh, Kimmy Schmidt versus the Reverend movie, and it takes place I don't know a certain amount of time after after the series. Oh, stops. so is
0: it is this John Hamm related?
1: Yeah, John Hamm is in it. It's oh. got it's got Titus in it, and you know all all of the the fun characters are back in it. But Kimmy Schmidt is super successful now because in the series they're all basically pretty poor, uh, but now she she wrote that book. I don't think you've even you even got that far, but she wrote a book. It, it becomes super popular. It's like a children's book, and she becomes um, super famous. And she is engaged to marry Daniel Radcliffe, who is playing like a a prince. Oh, I was hoping
0: it was just Daniel. He, he's no. just playing himself. God, that'd be great.
1: No, he's he's such Still a goofball, okay. in that he's he's very funny to watch. Just how just how weird. Like he gets excited and says, "Oh, joy of joys." He says weird things like that. The only, I like, am
0: really surprised that as he gets older, I like Daniel Radcliffe yeah, more and
1: more. I mean, his character in this is like super homeschooled <laughs> and sheltered, but he's really funny in it. And uh, it's a the thing about this movie is it's a choose your own adventure, so you get to choose like whether he she takes uh, Jacqueline with her to go find the Reverend, or whether she takes Titus, or uh, when she eventually finds the Reverend, uh, you get to choose. Should you shoot the reverend? Should you like curb stomp the reverend? Should you let him go? <laughs> and you, you can't shoot John Ham. It's funny because it's got four different options, and the last one we chose was uh, to uh, basically spare him. <laughs> and it shows him in hell going. So you killed me three different ways, huh? And it's him sitting there with a puppet in hell. <laughs> it's it's really funny. It's fun to to go through and just mess around with it. it if you choose the wrong thing. Uh, one of the characters will die very, uh, violently and then it brings you back to let you choose the right thing again. There's also some Easter eggs in there. Like, uh, uh there's one where she's calling, uh, I can't remember the older lady that was in the bunker with her, uh, the, oh, no. the Spanish speaking lady. And now, now she's got like a really like successful, uh, I don't remember if it's a restaurant chain or if you can just buy the food anyway. So she's trying to call her, but she gets her uh, uh, like voicemail and it's got all these different options and it makes you sit through the options. Like one of the options is to have this uh, little character sing uh, basically a Spanish version of The 12 Days of Christmas and it goes through the entire song. Oh man. It's pretty funny. Like it stops being funny and then it gets funny, you can by funny again by the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But it, it's pretty oh, two my, fun. Two of my favorite things from that show that I always, when they bring it up, uh, when it gets brought up, I think of uh, the the run of stuff where Titus was working at the Halloween-themed restaurant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically when he, when he comes in and scares the proprietor and he falls over. And he goes, I'm <laughs> sorry. And he raises up like old-timey out of a coffin to shake his <laughs> hand. I laughed so damn hard when he, like watched it over and over again that. And when, um, the, the lady, what she works for is having her, uh, vision quest. When uh. the <laughs> things are going past and the red skin logo goes past, as it's going past. It goes,
1: Why am I still a thing? <laughs> they have a big backstory on that actually, where she gets engaged to David cross, who she later finds out is like the heir to the Redskins. Ah. <laughs> Cause he, he's like this, uh, you know, do gooder, super woke person that he's a lawyer that fights for, you know, the, the, the person or the people in, in society that nobody will help out, you know? And then she finds out that he, he's the owner of the Redskins.
0: <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I should get back on that show. I liked that show. It, yeah it's a it has lot, a of, lot of people i like in it so.
1: should should we uh we got we're about 50 minutes should we hit a few newsy type yeah, items things, and then
0: a few things happened yeah apparently well we'll, probably, we'll save our rips for the end right
1: yeah well let's just do them now then we can then we can bring it back up
0: boy we're having some weekly rips lately yeah like i mean
1: a big one that's really
0: been a, that's been a thing for a while of a lot of people that we're really fond of are getting up there in age. So yeah, it's
1: going to be coming more, more and more common actually. Uh, this week like, it was, it was Fred Willard.
0: Yeah. He that, was 86.
1: Yeah. I didn't realize he was yeah. that old to be honest with you.
0: It kind of makes sense. I mean, and it is one of those things of like, it, it's hard to get too worked up about someone who's 86 passing. Cause that's a, you know, that's a very, you know, admirable age. Yeah. Man, I, Fred, Fred Willard was one of those guys that really, anytime he was in anything, he was a welcome present on something.
1: And you know what? He was in everything. I went back and was going through his IMDb. That guy probably did something every single day, whether it was a voiceover or just a little cameo and something that guy was constantly working and he was always funny and he was always kind of Fred Willard and everything. But it was always like, "Oh, good, he was there." You never went like, "Oh, there's Fred Willard again." It was always a happy little. Oh, I didn't know he was going to be in this. That was funny.
0: Yeah, and he but, yeah he uh, did and everything always consistently funny.
1: He was in, even in one of those uh, hailstorm movies from the from the '90s that were made in Utah. The he was in Church Ball.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, like uh, Mighty Wind, uh, Best in Show, all that stuff. What
1: yeah, happened, all of those, all kind of, of those improv movies. He he just stole the show in.
0: Yeah. So and, and a guy that up even to the age of eighty six, you feel like it, even at eighty six, he could be in something and be effective and be funny and.
1: He was always kind of that useful or youthful type of innocent doofus, basically, in everything. Yeah. He was even in Modern Family. He he played uh, Phil Dunphy's father.
0: Maybe the, the part of it was that, yes, he was old, but he also seemed, you get where you feel like, like, Hey, look, Sean Connery, Sean Connery has got to die soon. And when he dies, it's going to be like, he hasn't been anywhere for a long time. And I'm sure, I'm sure Sean Connery is in very poor shape right now.
1: Yeah. But Fred Willard was still working. It's a bummer.
0: Yeah. It's a bummer where you've got someone like Fred Willard that though he's 86 was still very good at what he did
1: Mm -hmm, and still entertaining. Mm hmm. So you know, um, I think
0: uh, that was part of why like David Bowie passing was hit a, you know hit kind of hard as like he still was working and whether or not you liked what he was doing is debatable, but like he still he was still putting out a lot of stuff.
1: Uh, he was in, generally
0: speaking pretty critically acclaimed stuff. He yeah he do perform and you know he'd be in movies and stuff like that.
1: He was the only live action character in uh, Pixar history. He was in Wall-E. Everything else has been animated. He was a real live person in Wally. Remember, he hey. was he was basically like Sam Walton.
0: Oh yeah, for okay. <laughs> for a minute, I was like, "Wait, where was David Bowie in that?" Oh no, Fred Willard. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Fred Willard was live action action in that. I thought maybe you you know you could maybe throw some debatables about like that <laughs> old Disney movie musical that's in Wally. But yeah, I guess they're not that. they're not actually performing for the movie as Fred Willard is.
1: And then Anchorman. Like, he stole the show on Anchorman. Everybody in that movie is amazing, though. But he was the boss. Anyway, he, he passed away, 86. That's sad.
0: Yeah, real, th- bummer, real bummer on that one. Just, just like I said, because dude was still out there getting it.
1: Today, breaking news. Ken Osmond, that played Eddie Haskell, dead at 76. Uh,
0: little little harder to be too sad about that.
1: He, you know, I mean, he was a good character people still reference eddie haskell when when you meet somebody that's kind of weaselly and you don't trust them. they're like yeah he's eddie haskell and let's I not forget any... he showed up at a wcw pay-per-view in the late oh, 80s let us not and forget did some play-by-play
0: <laughs> let us in no way forget that
1: wearing but... a, a, a what's that what's that jacket the members only jacket i remember he was wearing one of those <laughs> was he in was he like in haskell character Kinda. Yeah, I mean, they said his real name, but he was basically being Eddie Haskell the whole time. It was around it the time of uh, the, the new Leave It to Beaver. Remember that? In the in yeah. the 80s? Well, I
0: referenced that. I remember this stupid rap that they had for the commercial. Like, it's the new Leave It to Beaver. I,
1: there was a rap? I don't Eddie remember Haskell that.
0: Rapping it. I think it was part of a commercial. <laughs> I just remember oh, he a had a son. In my head.
1: He had a son, and they had a bad relationship. And Eddie, every episode... Uh, growing up, Eddie Haskell was always drinking this giant beer. It was like a tall. Oh wow! From. He was always drinking a beer. <laughs> that's all I remember of that show. Anyway, that's that. That's the dead people yeah. that we know of right now. Is, is
0: Jerry Mathers still out there?
1: Yeah, I think so. I don't know about yeah. Tony Dow.
0: Jerry Mathers is <laughs> Jerry Mathers is seventy-one. I'm gonna look up Tony Dow.
1: I mean, <laughs> we just barely recently lost the Beaver's mother. I mean, it was just in the last couple of years that she passed away. She had to be a hundred.
0: I'm, I'm looking at an, yeah, Tony Dow still out there, 75. I'm looking at a picture of Tony Dow,
1: 75. Um, wow.
0: <laughs> of 75 year old Tony Dow with with long white locks.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I kind you work. know what would be a good movie <gasps> or a, a good series is uh, Jerry Mathers and. uh, Maybe throw in Burt Ward from Batman, and uh, what's what's the guy that played uh, Eddie Munster? What what was his oh, name? I, I can't remember. I
0: couldn't. I could not. Okay, I'm gonna look up. Eddie I
1: want to see those three like living living together and just their their daily adventures.
0: <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Is Butch Patrick?
1: Butch Patrick, yeah. Wouldn't that be a good show?
0: <laughs> Probably not.
1: It could be like it would be like a curb your enthusiasm type thing. It's just them like griping about things and uh, having uncomfortable situations with people in public. I think it'd be fun. Let's
0: see if Butch Patrick's still around.
1: I believe he I mean, is. All these
0: all these people that are still around, Trav, you can you can pitch this.
1: I'm pitching it's it right fun. now. Hollywood, I know you're listening.
0: Whoa.
1: Butch Patrick, I've never
0: seen a forehead that wrinkly in my life. <laughs> it's like someone glued a pack of hot dogs to his face.
1: Maybe that's why when he does conventions, he has the the little V, yeah, the
0: Eddie 66. Munster V.
1: <laughs> How old is he?
0: 66. That's it?
1: Wow, I yeah. would have thought he was at least as I mean, old he as... Just,
0: he was just a little kid.
1: Yeah, I know, but it seemed like it was about the same time as Leave it to Beaver. I guess everything that's black and white didn't take place in the same year. That's what I'm realizing right now. You see something in black and white, it's like, yeah, that all happened at the same time.
0: Yeah, I wish I could remember the uh, Tom F. Tom Wilson tells that story about like his first convention before before he got around to the you know stop asking me the question stuff. He tell, <laughs> he told a story about his first convention. It was someone like Butch Patrick. It was he you know he was kind of he was kind of jazzed by like yeah I want to get out there among the fans. And he said there was some withered bent over man next to him and it <laughs> it was someone like Butch Patrick or Jerry Mathers <laughs> and he looked up at him and he said like looked just like slowly turned like, away is this your first time he said yeah yeah i'm really he's just went, <laughs> like laughed at him and he yeah
1: i know so, you're a you're a fan of uh uh jimmy pardo did you ever watch there was a sketch that they did on conan and i think i think it's when he was on the tonight show but it might have been when they first went to tbs where they invented a character for jimmy pardo
0: Hold on, hold on. Is it um, metal detector, Mike?
1: Yes, he's metal detector, yes. Mike. And he goes. I I remember watching this like when it when it was first aired. And he goes to this weird Hollywood uh, convention where people from the sixties and seventies and eighties uh, go and oh, sign yeah. and autograph pictures and stuff like that. It's a hoot to go back and watch. So that. <laughs>
0: this this season of uh, Never Not Funny, the um, if you sign up for their like. Their uh, primo, their big tier. I the think Players it's, their, Club. I I think, I think it's like a higher tier. I can't remember. I think I think they've started doing kind of a higher tier,
1: but you get like how many tiers do you need, people. Jimmy Pardo?
0: Uh, well, I mean, there's you know paying a little extra for the uh, just for the extra podcast, but then there's like a higher tier where they've done T-shirts and they've done like frisbees, and
1: I think that he's got, got more season. tiers than Ozzy Osbourne because Ozzy Osbourne oh, has no more, no tiers. more
0: tears. <laughs> Uh, this season, it's a, it's a skateboard with the metal detector, Mike picture. <laughs> the that's actually deck. cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, I could go for that.
0: Yeah, that's, that is, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a fun thing that they did.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's see. I hit don't it. think as what I recall.
0: I don't think that he was able to convince anyone that that was real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So. People will buy anything, though, especially if you're going to something like that. they are be like, all right, that sounds legitimate to me. <laughs>
0: Might as well. Uh, so the one, last, the one last bit of news that we hadn't gotten to. Was, There's a couple, uh, actually. Oh.
1: I got wanna, a couple. Go ahead. It. No, throw yours out. Oh, wait,
0: news suppression. So uh, it became apparent to me this week that uh, Mandalorian Season 2 is just secret uh, Clone Wars Season 8. <laughs> so we've got um, – they've cast Ahsoka – Rex is probably going to be in it, probably Boba Fett. And now uh, Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan.
1: Nice. That's a good good casting. The settler of Catan. (laughs) There was another casting, and I still can't remember who it was. It's a male. Uh, It'll come to me eventually, probably after I hit stop on the recording. But, yeah, there was another casting they announced earlier or late last week, too. And I was like, all right, all right, this is coming together. It's going to be pretty cool.
0: Does it do any I mean, I guess you know you having watched all of Clone Wars, like so, it's exciting for you that it that so much of it is like, hey, we're 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 kind of a, catching up with Clone Wars through Mandalorian season two.
1: Does that that's I, exciting for you? Yeah, or? because that's characters that people actually care about, especially Ahsoka, because they did such a good job. That basically that entire show is the Ahsoka Tano story. I mean, it, it covers all the other people too, but it's, it's her, you know, starting out as a, as a youngling and then, you know, kind of coming into her own and eventually leaving the Jedi order because she disagrees with what's going on and, and how she was treated and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see. And Gal, Rosario Dawson and Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. It's, that's gonna it's be a pretty weird place rad. for
0: me because those are, those are actors I like, mm-hmm. um, haven't not watched it. There's a little part of me that's kind of like, hey, uh, I, I would like to see the Mandalorian season two. I, I don't necessarily need this to be, hey, what happened after Clone Wars for the people in Clone Wars and the Mandalorian is there.
1: I don't think there has to be necessarily a huge backstory because people that know are just going to jump right into it, and people that haven't watched Clone Wars, they can very vaguely just kind of, like even like a Cara Dune's backstory. It was pretty, not, you know, it's pretty quick. It's she, not
0: entirely the most complex, you know, stuff yeah. in the universe.
1: You just need to know, okay, she, she's a badass. I enjoy her character. She, you know, this is her backstory. She was a, what, a jump trooper? Is that what it was? I can't remember. I don't know.
0: I, didn't, I don't think I watched I
1: can't it remember. Far. She was some sort of trooper, but, you know, she was a warrior, basically. You know that. So, going in. so And they can do something like that with both of them, too so yeah that's that's pretty cool stuff uh you mentioned to me this was news to me the umbrella academy
0: yeah i just saw that i saw that like an hour or two ago that umbrella academy is coming back on i think it was july
1: 31st nice i'm excited i i loved that show i can't wait to watch yeah.
0: it. yeah yeah i'm very excited for that i will will i be working by then uh-huh. who knows
1: <laughs> i hope they go back in time what do you think
0: well, I mean, you you've you're up to date on uh Umbrella Academy, aren't you? Uh,
1: I still haven't read the third one. I have it. I found it, but I haven't read it. I want him yeah, to go back I, and fight the Eiffel Tower at least.
0: I wonder I could see them maybe referencing that. I don't think we're going to see that. It's so bananas
1: it, that I, <laughs> I so, just really want to see it.
0: You know, reading reading that for rereading that first uh that first trade of it, like they definitely pull back on the weirdness in the show.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. They definitely made it more realistic. As realistic as something like that can be, but yeah, they toned down, down the weirdness, but I think, I don't know. I really enjoyed it, but it is kind of dark and sad. So maybe a little bit of that quirky fun stuff in there, you know, would be a good thing. Not everybody has to die. Right.
0: Can't rain all the time, Travis. Can't
1: rain all the time, no. I got one more last little piece of news. Uh, They're going to make a Star Trek series starring uh, uh, Captain Pike. It's it's a spinoff because I haven't gotten this far into Discovery because I'm like five or six episodes in. But eventually, I guess they go back in time and meet Captain Pike and Spock and all this. Actually, it wouldn't be back in time because I think this technically takes place before pike and kirk and all that stuff so yeah but they are wearing it shows pike wearing like the the classic series outfits oh. it, but yeah. the because the the uniforms they're wearing in discovery are very contemporary looking everything looks very modern so it'll be interesting to see where they they give it kind of a old-fashioned 60s look or how they go about that because the movies kind of touched on things but also Made it look so it wasn't cardboard, <laughs> which a lot of that stuff was. So it'll be fun. I like Discovery. I think, I think it's a a fun movie or show. It's <clears throat> meeting all the new characters. The first uh, season is kind of like dark and depressing. I guess by the time the third one comes out, from what I I heard, I think it was Doug Jones saying it's going to be a little more lighthearted and a little bit more like. Uh, next generation type of feel and not quite hmm. as dark. It is weird where you can have an entire episode where there's really no swear words or anything. And then they'll drop the F word like three times in less than a minute. It's really? weird in a star Trek series to have that. It just is. It yeah. seems out of place to me.
0: Sometimes I do think about that when I'm watching something that, that has, you know, uh, restrictions based on the challenge on huh? of like, just of going, th- you know something like, like let's just say a modern family of going through a world where, you know, you see people in all walks of life, but the f word never happens.
1: Right. I mean, like if I'm watching a Tarantino movie, I don't care. I don't care what's in there. I know what I'm getting into. But it is weird in Star Trek, and I'm not offended by that word. But it just it takes me out of it. Like, oh, well, why was that there? I can see that. It's just weird. It's a weird choice. I. Th- it's like. The thing is, it seems like they're trying to be edgy just to be edgy. Like, hey, people, look at us. We're cool. We say the F word now. It's just weird. But otherwise, it's, well, a, mean, it's a pretty fun show. If
0: it's like you said that it only happens once in a while, it sounds like they're trying to kind of make it a contextual thing.
1: Eh, I guess. I don't know. I just know that a lot of older people that grew up, you know, watching Star Trek probably aren't going to dig here and that, in it.
0: Yeah.
1: And it is kind future of is
0: now old person. Yeah.
1: But the star Trek audience isn't super edgy. They, that's not what they're known for is being edgy. You got to at least admit yeah. that they are very by the book. Uh, they like, uh, technical readouts of imaginary ships and things like that. So it, it is kind of weird to have it in there, but whatever, I'm not making it, but it's a good show. Yeah. I like, I like watching it. One last little drop I got. The Empire Strikes Back is now forty years old. It's crazy.
0: It's losing its hair. It's got a bit yeah. of gut. Yeah. It's been divorced
1: twice. Ah, it's been forty years since uh Leia kissed her brother. Yeah. Yep, there you go. And I'll never be the same because of it. It always bothered oh, sh- me. The one You're thing into that now, huh, Trav of all of the things that he went back and changed in those movies, that's the one that he kept. Yeah, I was
0: I was kind of going to say, when someone says something like that, I'm like, how much how much would you just love to watch the Untouched versions?
1: I swear I have them. I need to find them. I, I don't know why I can't find them. I know I have them on VHS. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I have those. I
1: swear I have them on DVD somewhere. Unless I dreamed it. It's possible that I dreamed that I had them. I don't know. Who knows? I had a dream the other night that I was driving and uh, all of a sudden there's a rocket that's shooting up into the sky just out of nowhere. So we're me and my wife are kind of watching that going, wow, this is amazing. This is so cool. And then I drove off a pier because I wasn't watching the road into the water. So that's how my dreams go.
0: It makes me me think of the end of the iron giant. Where's the giant (laughs) Mansfield?
1: (laughs) All right. We should wrap this up. You got anything else?
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm bone dry. I think we're, I think if I have anything else, it's not a, it's not uh,
1: important enough that I need to get it out right. All now. right, sounds good. You got any plugs?
0: <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be here uh, anywhere this week that can be seen. You going to be anywhere?
1: Uh, no, no, I'm not going to be doing any any stage time this week. I Could did it. I did it last my week. My house. Last week the shows up in Ogden were really fun, really fun crowds. Then I got to hang out with Jeff Dye a little. He was at the downtown club, and that was it. Was good to see him. But, you know, other than that, uh, I did last week, I did a WrestleMania 36 panel for FanX, and I recorded that and put it up in the feed here so you guys can go check that out. There's already been a few people downloading it. Thank you for downloading it. Thank you for downloading every episode, really. But, yeah, go check that one out. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, I did an interview right before we jumped on here with City Weekly. So I think that's going to be coming out. Uh, eventually, I don't know who.
0: will see weekly. It's you, available you for free. Who
1: interviewed you? Uh, Scott Renshaw interviewed me.
0: Oh, Scott Renshaw! Yeah. a name I haven't heard in a while.
1: He's still doing it. He's actually an author hey. now. He writes di- uh, books about Disneyland. He's super obsessed with Disneyland. I've been okay. on a few panel. I've been on a few panels with him at at Fanex, and we love talking uh, Disneyland. In the- in this case, we were talking about uh, the changes in stand up comedy and how it's different now and things like that. But uh, yeah, go go buy his book. I can't remember what it's called, but Google it, you'll find it. You can buy it on Amazon.
0: Google Scott Renshaw. Yeah. there oh, you go. Uh, if you have questions about Scott Renshaw, seeing as <laughs> Travis is an expert, later to the tater at gmail.com is where you can get a hold of us. True that. Um, if you uh, if you just if you want us to feel better, if you want to feed poor Travis and I's egos, because they are fragile understand i am i am moments away from a breakdown at any point uh (laughs) if you wouldn't mind please subscribe to my podcast please give me a five-star review please one sentence review right about right about me in particular because i'm just i'm down i could really you're
1: down you need somebody to to converse with
0: if that's too much for you it's completely understandable please tell a friend. Nudge your friend next to you and say, hey, Jake's not feeling great today. Could you boing, download this podcast, please? <laughs> there you go. If you can't do any of that, just please understand that Blue Wave Theory does our music. That's the that's the bare minimum I'm asking. Please, please take into account that we uh,
1: Blue Wave Theory is the music on our front and our back end. Keep downloading us. Tell your friends. Yeah. And you know what? I, so, hey, I just remembered I'm going to be doing an episode of... Uh, movies that make us. They're uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's because I was on that uh WrestleMania panel with Jake Deets, and they're going to be watching fighting with my family, so I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go on there and talk with them about that. So download them. They're they're our friends. Uh, they're they're really cool people. It's a fun podcast. Download that one. And another podcast I wanted to bring up, and you can bring up one if if. There's one you could think of is uh, the new Utah podcast. They're friends of mine and they're all, you know, they, they like to share our stuff and promote what we're doing here. So I just want to give them a shout out and say, Hey, we appreciate you guys. Uh, They're, they're really good, good people. They're more kind of like detailed on like the, the happenings going on in Utah right now. There's not a lot of happening. So give them a download (laughs) They're They're a lot of fun though.
0: Well, um, pretty much all the stuff i listen to has a steady
1: audience what, um, can i throw out one more one more thing i, I just keep thinking of things if somebody if somebody out there has a business uh like a small business i know it's a really hard time for a small business if you have something out there you kind of want to let people know uh you know just message me and maybe we'll we'll you know, bring up your business on here. Maybe it'll get you, sell a little up bit of for stuff.
0: Wheeling and or dealing.
1: I'm not going to ask for any money. I just want to help people out, especially if you're listening to us and you're downloading our podcast. You know, I'd, I'd love to be able to help you out and just, you know, say some nice things about what you're doing. If it's multi level marketing stuff, yeah, probably don't message me. I'm, I really don't want to sell Avon or um, essential oils or anything like that. But, Anybody else out there that's, you know, trying to get people to come back into their business, let them know you're open. Let me know. Hit them up. Hit them up.
0: <laughs> up. Hit them up. Our, is, that our, is that our getter done? Hit them <laughs> up. Hit <'em>
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> right. It could be.
0: Well, is there, is there anything else? Is there anything I've forgotten? Good old trap.
1: Boy, oh boy. I'm sure as soon as I hit stop, my brain's going to think of five things. But I think well, I think I have interrupted I'm it, all I'm going to interrupt.
0: For uh for hit 'em ups everywhere. This has been late to the party. late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jerk.
1: And I'm Travis Tate, and better Tate than never.